Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Still Giggs goes. He's through. He scored. Ryan Giggs. He's at the goal that's played for Manchester United. Right footed. It's a clear header. And it's in the left. Stockdale has won the European Cup for Manchester United. Welcome to another episode of the Straighty Cast. We have a lot to talk about tonight. I'm joined by Mike and Jonathan with Daniel joining us soon. Mike, how are you? I'm very good, mate. Thank you very much. What about you, Jonathan? Um, all the better for a safe passage into the group stage. Fantastic. We'll get back onto that Bruges game shortly. But first, we need to mention the Capital One Cup draw. Um, this time last year, Manchester United were knocked out at the Capital One Cup in the second round due to a a result we won't get into, but MK Dunn's knocked us out. That's enough of that. But anyway, we've got Ipswich. Mm-hmm. The last time Ipswich, uh, or last time Louis Van Gaal met Mick McCarthy, the manager of Ipswich, it was back in 2001. And it was the first time in 16 years the Netherlands were not going to World Cup. Ireland bet them in a, in a qualifier thanks to a Jason McAteer folly that was felt across Europe. Um, such failure at the time was unknown <laughs> in Van Gaal's managerial career. But now, you know, we've had a few dark days of Van Hal and some, some bright days too, which we'll get on to shortly. But it was a time that I suppose Van Hal won't be looking back at too, too positively. He's looking to put set things right with Mick McCarthy, who ended um, his stint as Ireland manager on a bit of a bad note. And I think, I think it was five months after that game that Louis Van Hal resigned the first time as Netherlands coach. Um, the Caps have won cup, lads. Mike... Is it one we should be going for? I suppose we're happy to picky at the moment. Absolutely, we need to uh, be going for it. I'm hoping he puts a pretty strong team out. Um, no, we can't be picky. We're probably not going to win the league. I don't know if form picks up, we might at least challenge. But we certainly have to win something this season. We have to improve on last year, and part of improving on last year is winning the trophy. So uh, the league cup's fine. It was good enough for Manchester City, wasn't it? Like, uh, 
the last few years. They've won it a couple of times, and um, in the last few years, Ferguson was there. He won it a few times as well. So um, I, I'm all for it. I think we should go for it. We need to try and win the competition. What are your thoughts on the Capital One Cup, um, Jonathan? Is it something you know should be going on out for? Because Louis van Gaal needs a trophy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think as Fergie touched on, he said there's something about winning that you need to get into players. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of our guys who we used to it as a habit every year have all moved on. Mm. And so for a lot of these lads who haven't been in a United squad that wins year in, year out, they need to be reminded what it is when you get that feeling you've lifted the trophy there's the celebration, there's the happy that comes out of it. And I think they need to be reminded what that is just to keep them focused on your bigger stuff like the league. Because you look at that Capital One Cup that we won when Van Nistelrooy pretty much brought his United career to an end. That squad looked to be struggling. It went out of Europe at a ridiculously early stage. But having won that silverware, it just served as a nice little kick on the following season that... He started that nice little period for us where it was just sort of back-to-back titles, long European runs, wins. It was a bit of a kick in the teeth last year, losing out to MK Dons early on, because the the one thing about the the League Cup that I do enjoy is it gives the manager the opportunity to see some players like Pereira that did very well on tour, and some fringe players to come on and kind of show, like, look what I can do, I'll give you a headache, select me. Um, And when we were knocked out last year, kind of we did miss that throughout the season. Another thing, too, is... Going, going to away grounds like MK Dons and going elsewhere down down the channel in, in England, the manager learns diff, different ideas of English football, and he's new to English football, yeah. but he still is. And he learned from, from going to Ipswich, he learned from going elsewhere, and it's just the more competitions you're in, the more yeah. game time for several fringe players. Just You, you want to be involved in everything, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I touched on something Van Gaal said last season when someone asked him if he was happy that he wasn't in the Europa League and he says he wasn't because he would have liked to have the regularity of two games a week to really, um, so the players could really get a grip of things of what he was asking of them and he could really understand what were his best players and he could use more of his players as well. I think that's part of it. The more competitions are in, the more of these, like you said, the more of these players he can have a look at, the more chance someone like Pereira who's undoubtedly yeah. very, very talented, get someone like James Wilson can get some games in, you know, um, if if we sign anyone else before the end of the transfer, which I hope we will, chance for them to get games as well. Absolutely. Moving on to the Bruges game, we've a lot to talk about here. Um, finished 4-0 last night and 7-1 in Agra. It was a dismal first half, really, um, for a number yeah. of factors. And one of the things I was excited about at the start of the game was Andy Herrera starting. He started in a holding position alongside Carrick. Um, it didn't go to plan the first half, Mike. Uh, no, it didn't. Um, but uh, things started to change when he was allowed to move forward as the game went on and, and um, create things. Uh, by, the, by the end of the game, he was playing as the, the guy behind Rooney, uh, the number 10, and he flourished in that position. But certainly early on, he was very shaky. Um, he picked up a bucking for a bit of a clumsy foul. Um, and he was a little bit sloppy on the ball, and you could see um, the I think it was it is it Franz Hook, the uh, the assistant was getting on his back um, very early on, having a go, being sloppy. You always feel like he seems to be under more pressure from the management team than any other player in that squad. 
Um, but once he'd uh, moved forward a little and he'd settled into the pace of the game, it was his first start of the season. He hadn't played much football the season before then. He had a massive influence on that game. He really, really did. See, that's the whole thing with him playing a number 10 role. He had played there a number of times with Bill Bell. And, and last season, we didn't really see a lot of that. Whereas now, I think, with the signings we've met this summer, kind of he's no real other choice to play in there because... You know, as much as we love Ander Herrera, he's not better than Schweinsteiger. No. He's probably he's not better than Schneiderlin either. Schneiderlin looks like a player that's going to be at United for years and a dominant force for midfield for time mm-hmm. to come. Carrick mm-hmm. is Mr. Reliable. Um, and as a holding player, you know, Herrera was asked to do some jobs last season when Carrick was out injured and it put a lot of pressure on our defence. So I'd much rather see him in a, in a position where he can use his his urgency in an effective manner and bringing out a forward because at times look way too slow. In the first half, Jonathan, you look at the players we had up there, um, Depay, yeah. Mata, Rooney, and these are these are top these are top names. But there was no yeah. movement. There was nothing happening. I think it was just a really frustrating spectacle to watch because it, it seemed to be both. There were no one trying to actually get the killer balls through. So there's nobody moving for it, and they're not moving because there's nothing coming through for them to run on. So, and it just seems so typical of the bad days that have given people that want to criticise Van Hal what they think is reason to criticise him because we're at what's let's be fair, despite their huge ranking above Liverpool in this season's European pot, it's a fairly poor side, and if you're gonna seriously compete in Europe. You want to be going there on the front foot, dictating and dominating. And Missing a lot of first-teamers as well, weren't they? Yeah. A lot of injuries, apparently. Yeah, they got quite a few, and obviously the suspension as well from the guy that got sent off late on. So, it just it was such a frustrating... To get that high of seeing Herrera start, and then that sort of kidney punch of seeing him start at the back where, you know... His effectiveness isn't there. He'll do a job for you because he's a worker and he will do whatever Van Hal tells him to do. But to put him in and put him there, you're robbing him of the chance to do what he does so well that benefits the side. And like you say, thankfully, come the second half, he got put there. And it's like I say, it's not just the difference for him, but suddenly Memphis, Rooney, Matter, they all look better players for having. Herrera up there, just pulling those strings, finding those passes that just hit the space he could run into. And we as a side just look so much better for having somebody up there with that vision and then the ability just to apply it and make things happen. Dan's going to join us now in a few moments. Um, elsewhere, you know, we're talking about number 10 role and Yanazai started in that role. Yanazai was awful, I thought. And, you know, he, yeah. the thing about Yanazai is last yeah. season when he wasn't starting, there was people complaining, saying, oh, why isn't Van Gaal starting Yanazai? And there was, there was plenty of it. Now, this season, the season started, there no complaints. He's been given opportunities. I know, mm-hmm. you know he scored early on this season, but his all-around game, yes, he looks a bit stronger, looks like he's working out in the gym a bit, but he's, he doesn't seem fully there just yet. And how many opportunities no. can he get? You know, he's, he's yeah, you can say he's young, but... You know, Does he not need to play out wide, though? 
it's not where he's best, where he's most effective, and he's not playing where he's most effective. Well, he's played in all attacking positions throughout the years in the in the youth yeah. system. You know, he's played up front, he's played up wide, he's played behind the striker. Like he should, he should be. You know, we're talking about a player through the Moyes era that was really exciting, and yeah. I just don't think he has that in him at the moment. It doesn't look like he's going to be a United player for years to come, and. That that's frightening because he's, he's he's supposed to be one of the the bright sparks out of the youth system in recent years. I think that's the the big worry that you look at that whole Moyes disaster, and he was one of the few real lights that came through those black clouds. He just even in sides that were playing appallingly, he had something about him where he could pick. Should we bring back David Moyes just to sort him out for a few months? Um, I mean that that's probably a step <laughs> beyond anything any of us. Can can ever comprehend. Um, I mean, to be fair, if you start him on the museum tour, you're pushing him down the stairs. So seeing him in the dugout will be terrifying. But I, I just I don't get how it is that the young lad with so much talent is now playing under a far far better coach than the one before. But he looks to be getting worse for every game that Van Hal gives him to play in. The boy that can do anything except play well. Yes. Dan, your thoughts on the game last night? You newly just joined us in the podcast. How are you keeping? And what were your thoughts on the final win over Bruges? Um, well, I uh, I actually watched the the first half, and then um, because it was so dull, I thought that I'd actually I thought oh you know I'll go upstairs and um, you know maybe just get into bed and then maybe put it on on the uh, laptop. <laughs> Wank, then... Wank into a sock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that definitely came yeah. shortly after the second half started. Yeah. It definitely came. That, that's the thing. It was like I, I opened the laptop and it was like fifty-eight minutes. It was three-nil and Rooney had scored a hat-trick. I was like, "Hang on, yeah, what's happened here?" And I really, I really wasn't expecting that. My talk is through those three goals. Um, well, it was it was interesting. It was. Um, I mean, obviously, I've been critical. Of, Rooney, but um, we actually started playing ballsy for him that he could run on to. They were making yeah. forcing um, off, you know, he was making the runs and we were actually putting the balls in for him so he could run on to them and do something with them. Um, it was it was nice to see him score, like like we said last yeah. week. No one wants to see, I think we said this last week, no, we don't want to see the players fight, we want them to be successful. You know, we want Rain really to find his, his best form because his best form he is he's close to unplayable. As, as you'll see from any player. Um, yeah. It's just that when he's out of form, he, he's so bad, he's, he's like a lag on the entire team. There's no middle so, ground. No, there's no. not. And that's probably what's stopped him being a real world-class player for me because a world-class player, even when they're not all the best, they're still going to have an effect on the game in some capacity. At some point, you're always waiting for something to happen with them and something inevitably yeah. does. And that's what's always left a bit a little short, which is a shame, really. I'm still insistent that the reason, that the main reason he was never world class because he played too many games at too young of an age. Um, but you know, let's hope he carries this on. It's a much bigger test, obviously. Um, at the weekend, we got Swansea City, who are at, who are a good side. I think they'll finish top eight this year. That team, um, and they're strong throughout. Their first eleven is is a strong team, and they're quick as well. And uh, Ashley Williams is a very very good centre half. So he's going to have his, he's going to it's going to be much harder work. Um, that he had um, against Bruges you, you did feel they kind of gave up a little bit once they went 1-0 down as brilliant as their fans were and their fans were fantastic they created a hell of an atmosphere in that ground the Something's... team you Sorry, just felt ahead. to gave up once the first goal had gone in and it really killed the tie that 
Yeah. So, something said Lowe said the other day um, about Rooney was there's only a year difference between him and Pedro, yet Rooney's played over a hundred more, met over a hundred more appearances. Which you mentioned Rooney's played too many games at a young age. A hundred games more than someone. There's only a year difference in that. That's huge. It's more, it's more than it's more than it's well over a hundred. I think it's about two hundred. Yeah. When I, when I saw the, the stat flashed up Twitter, it was about two hundred more yeah. games between him and Pedro. There's a year in the difference. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 and that's where you—that's what yeah. I'm saying. The problem when I say that I mean, Rooney but... looks worn out, too many games, too young yeah. an age. It's not just a Rooney issue; it's a problem with a lot of English players. Yeah, I think they decline quicker. Michael Owen, Michael Owen, Owen. yeah, yeah. It yeah. Happened to Michael Owen, didn't it? When he came into his yeah. what should have been peak years, he was finished. And yeah. you know, let's you know, we all you know, he's the worst commentator that's ever lived. But we all remember him when he was young and he, he was in that at Liverpool. He was a phenomenal centre forward. He really was. Unbelievable stuff at that age. Pace, his, he, he had incredible finishing. His first Ro- touch Rooney. was Ro- Rooney at 17 was unbelievable. When, when um, Euro 2004, he just he genuinely looked like he was the real deal, world class. He was better than Ronaldo at that point. Yeah, and he's done really well since. But I, I know what people mean when. You know, like he hasn't really hit the heights that you'd expect him to. I mean, he's probably going to go on and beat uh, Bobby Charlton's record in um, for England and United with appearances yeah. and and cat. Uh, it's not too shabby. Goals, eh? or no. yeah. And, no. But it's almost it's almost by default because he was there from such a young age at like sixteen, yeah. seventeen, seventeen. He was integral to the England national team. I mean, can you really imagine any other national team relying on a seventeen-year-old? That was a better England. Now as well, which is even more astonishing when you consider what they had available. You had a midfield which had Gerard Lampard and Scholes yeah. available to it, and they're yeah. relying on Wayne Rooney. Yeah, a midfield, yeah, with Lampard, Gerard, and Scholes. Yet they pushed Scholes aside, arguably the most talented one out of the trio, yeah. and stuck with two fucking. Oh, don't get me into that one. Yeah, um, we could be here night. Obviously. Went through last night, 7-1 Agra, and the uh, draw has been made. We're in Group B. Manchester United will face PSV Eindhoven, CSK Moscow, and Wolfsburg from the Bundesliga. Wolfsburg, <laughs> Wolfsburg is, a, is a tasty one. Um, Mike, out of those teams, Mike, who do you fear most, or should we fear anyone? Um, depends who Wolfsburg have in their team when we play them. Will they have Kevin De Bruyne then? If they do... Obviously, the prospects of him and um, Schürrle is is uh, running at our defence is is obviously going to be a problem. I'll be less worried about them if they don't have De Bruyne because he is really, really that good. I think Chelsea dropped the ball actually letting him go. I think they should have given him more games. Um, that's probably the one team. Although I don't even think they're the second best team in Germany now this season. I think I think that will be Dortmund again this year. So. Um, we should get through. The only, the only issue I have, this is something we mentioned, uh, me and Johnny mentioned before we came on the air, that, um, just that you just wonder if a group like that, whether that could be the worst thing, whether we'd rather have a tougher group, uh, on paper a tougher group, just to sort of jolt those players into life. Something like this, that I can see slip-ups there. Someone like CSK and Moscow away, I could see a slip-up there. Well, it's in Russia, it's a big travel. Yeah. I know, and then come back then for the league the weekend. There's a lot of travelling in Russia. Sometimes with uh, Champions League groups, if you if you sort of just focus in on on qualifying rather than finishing top, you almost yeah. want someone like Bayern or Barca or Real Madrid in there, and they're 
then two really poor teams who will be like the whipping boys. Yeah. Whereas with, with this group, it's like we've got three teams who none of them really look quarterfinal class, but they're all pretty capable of being in that first knockout round. And that yeah. kind of is where we slip up. I mean, when we slipped up uh, a few years ago, it was Benfica, Baal, and um, the other team in there. I kind of didn't remember who it was, but I think we beat them home and away. But um, yeah. it was like Baal and Benfica, and they were like more than capable of being in the first knockout round. But it was, um, and obviously, eventually they did. And um, it's those kind of, I don't want to say mediocre, but those kind of middling teams in Champions League that you've got to worry about, really. The other thing too is that I, I don't know too much about this PSV set. I've seen bits of them last season. I know, you know, one of the boys has gone to Newcastle. We've got Memphis. Have they lost some of their best players since they won the title last year? Like, you know, I don't know too much about this, the current side, but it does feel that like they lost a few players. So maybe they could be the whipping boys, surprisingly. And it's a trip back to, to Holland for Van Hal. John, Johnny, he should know a lot about this side. He, he should do. I think. It's almost like the blessed and curse of a Dutch side that if they do well, you know that that summer the big boys are going to come and shopping and everyone that's won you the title is leaving for a set price. So you'd think on paper they certainly can't be as good a side as they were last season and that should make that hopefully six of the easier points we'll pick up. And like you say, given Van Hal's knowledge of the league, the country, the players within it, that should be one of the easier games for them to pick, be it line-up and tactics that should make that easier wins. Because I think that's the problem. In a group like this, you need at least one side that you've done the double over. Because that year that we failed, it was just sort of all the draws that meant we didn't exactly keep losing week in, week out. But the one game that we lost were then costly enough because... With all the draws, we just made no ground on anybody. So it was, it was that game against Benfica at home when we were. Was it Benfica? No, it was Baal. And um, yeah. we finished three three or something. And yeah. Uh, yeah, like that. They're the kind of games that we've got to watch. It's like yeah. slipping up and drawing at home to someone. It's not. It's not going to be good. Two thousand five as well. We tumbled out the group stages. I think yeah. just before that. Yeah, that team yeah. really got this act together, and it was a yeah. similar situation there. I think we had Benfica in our group that time as well. Yeah, we drew like nil nil at home to Villarreal, if I remember rightly. And Villarreal, yeah. I mean, I think I think actually that season Villarreal went on to the semis. But other than Real, not really that good that time. That time. Yeah. Do you think we're going to qualify, Dan? Do I think we'll qualify? Will we have trouble qualifying? Um, I think we'll struggle. I think it will be probably go down to either the fifth game or the sixth game, but I don't think it's going to be a walkover, definitely not. Jonathan? Um, tempted to say the same. I'm I'm confident enough to say the fifth game is when we'll secure it, but I think the fifth game is when we'll secure second spot rather than mm. the top. Who do you see topping it then? Wolverspurg? Um, probably. I, 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 I'm going to go for a United top in the but I see some struggles. I, I agree. I think we'll get 15 points minimum. I see some struggles <laughs> here and there, some tough tough games, but I do think we'll top the group. I just think it, it depends on, like say, Moscow away, it depends what game we've got that weekend and whether or not he does that silly thing that Fergie used to do where 
oh, it's Liverpool away, I'll send the under-15s, and then they get spanked 4-0 in Turkey, and we end up <laughs> in second. You see, the, the Moscow game as well, you know, you ha- I think I'd take a draw away from home, because yeah. you have to consider, you know, the game, the weekend, the league, yeah. the trip to Russia, whether it's a Tuesday or Wednesday night, and yeah. you're coming back, and it doesn't matter who we're really playing, the travelling, yeah. you can't expect all those no. players to play those three games in one week. You can't. I think that in these groups, um, it's important to win the home games more than anything. They're the most mm. important ones. The away uh, games. You know, if, we, if we come away with three home wins and three away draws, or maybe nick one win away, we'll yeah. finish up. We'll finish up with twelve, fourteen points. You know, look at the Moscow game beat the Lesniki. Sorry, we were in the European Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the memories. <laughs> oh, but, but look, looking at who the other English teams, Andrew. You know, you Chelsea have got. Dynamo, um, Zayev, I can't even pronounce that. Um, <laughs> Tel Aviv, they've got that's a lot of traveling, too. You know, yeah. you, looking, looking at this in front of me, you've got you know, City have a talk of the Juventus again. Um, Arsenal have Bayern Munich, Olympiacos, and Dynamo Zagreb, which in Croatia isn't it's not too nearby either. In Greece and, no. and Germany, hopefully, you know, at all time by um, Angelo Henriquez can. Pop up with a few goals against Arsenal. Moving on, we've the the Swansea preview. Um, you know, looking at some of the players that Swansea have bought this summer, that AU guy in midfield looks like a, looks like a bit of a, a nuisance. That Gomez looks to be scoring goals again. Um, they have some key players. They're not going to be easy opposition, Mike. No, they're not. They'll be. This will be a really tough game. This will be by far and away the toughest game we've had. They sort of sum up Swansea how. Um, the gap between the top four or five teams and everybody else has closed because the top few teams are finding it hard to buy the players that they feel are the right, the requisite quality to play for them. Whereas the teams just below, uh, all with all the extra money they've got for the television, are able to get all these really good players that maybe the very top teams just aren't going for. So people like someone like AU, who's an excellent footballer, you know. Um, yeah. Technically a free, but I think there's a massive signing on fee about five million. But you know, so they paid five million pounds for, for, for Andre Ayew. That's yeah. he's more than worth that. Gomez was a free, I think, as well. He's been excellent yeah. for him. He's just stepped in to where Bonnie um, left off. I think Montero's a real handful. Uh, he's, he looks like the kind of player you'd love at United. He's just so quick out on the wing. Yeah. He's very direct. He's very troublesome. He, I mean, he just tore that yam mat. Who was suspended for the game against last week because of that? Yeah. Tore him to pieces, and uh, I know we, we have a good laugh at him and that he looks a bit like uh, he looks a bit like Lord Voldemort. But John Joe Shelby is yeah. actually developing into a really good midfield player. He's a lot fitter than he was, and yeah. he's a brilliant passer of the ball, and he can get a few goals as well. He's a he's a real handful. I think he's found his standard, though, Mike. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Isn't he better than Swansea? He's worthy of a club better, bigger and better than Swansea. When he when he was at Charlton, that big things were, were hoped for him. He came into the Charlton first team at 16 years old. He was very very young. He's still only about 21, I think. He's not. He's not. I think he can if he continues to take it as seriously as he's taken things the last 12 months. I think he can press on. He's very very talented. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of flying in under the radar a little bit as well because people look at the guys like Ross Barkley, who I'm not totally sold no. on, to be honest, no. at all. I think he's got, technically, 
And in terms of his game intelligence, I think he's got a lot more to his game than Ross Barkley's got, to be quite honest with you. I think he's a good player. I think he can get better. But um, we'll, we'll, it's, you just have to see how it plays out over the next few months. I mean, if you look at Bale, Bale looked like he was going nowhere for ages and then suddenly ended yeah. up on the left wing and he sparked into life. He's now, what you would say, he's a world beater, really. Um, but he didn't look like he was going anywhere for his age, for ages, like into his early twenties. If 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 you read um, the United blog people's person, look at their their YouTube videos. Um, Sam Peoples, the editor, is the spitting image of Gary Monk, the Swansea manager. Gary Monk's done quite well um, since he's taken over as <coughs> as a player manager, and now now as a manager, you know, he's you know he's come in as he was inexperienced in the whole managerial scene. But when you look at how difficult the Swansea team are and we're speaking about Swansea here we don't sound too confident going into it he's done a really good job Jonathan he's done a phenomenal job because without wanting to give Rodgers any credit at all because the David Brent type clown that he is shouldn't get any but for where he left Swansea and where Loudrup obviously with the silverware the momentum were there and it was so easy Easy to be the guy who suddenly robbed them of that momentum, and he's done the opposite. He seems to have given them even more purpose. They're not only still playing the beautiful stuff they played under those two managers, but they're also now harder to beat than they were then. Because at least in sort of the Loudrup and Rogers era, it was more of a we know we're going to lose against Chelsea, against Arsenal, against City, against United, against Liverpool, but we'll do well in the other games. You can tell they're now playing with a confidence that. They don't care if they're at Old Trafford or City have gone to their place. They believe they're a match for anyone and the performances and results back it up. So, yeah, it, it's a fixture I'll be glad to get out of the way and still be unbeaten this season. Ironically, since they've lost Rodgers, what you're saying is they have more character Yeah, in, in the bigger games. <laughs> More of a straight talker than Rogers as well, isn't he, Monk? You just feel he's more—he's a more straight batter as a character. He's not going to mess around. He's not going to give you all this business speak. He seems to be in interviews. He's very forthright. He'll say if his team's not played well or not. You know, or if they have played yeah. well, he won't give it all of this. Well, I thought we can troll the area very well today. What area? What are you talking about, Brendan? You lost four yeah. 0 Yeah. We've quite a few questions to get through, so quickly, um, Dan. Scoreline predictions. Uh, one one. Jonathan, um, I'll go one one as well. Mike, uh, two each. No one's going for a win. Um, I take it two nil United. Fast. I'm gonna go for a win. I've said two nil the past two or three weeks, I think. Um, <laughs> so into the questions. Um, Shreffford USA has asked can we all agree that Rooney being over the hill is silly I know it's one game but honestly he is still quality Mike take it away what is he on about the one game where he's played well or did... he's saying that Rooney was never over the hill that the assumption was, was silly that he, Rooney is quality and he showed it in that one game but he he, has, he obviously believes Rooney will continue in his form um, I don't. I don't think he could do it as a centre forward still like, on a regular basis. No, I don't think he can. I still think he's in decline physically. Like I said, he's played. Are people sorry? Games. Sorry to interrupt you, but are people getting a bit overexcited about play, mauling a shit Belgian side? Are we getting a bit overexcited with the yes. way Rooney's hat trick and bit. the way we, we cut through them like a, a knife and hot butter last night? Yeah, they were terrible. 
when we come against Swansea the weekend, if we go with the mentality that, oh, we found that easy, we'll get our arse handed to us. Absolutely. You know, so you're, you don't think Rooney, last night proves that Rooney's not over the hill. You still think that there's some question marks there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, especially when the first goal went in, they kind of gave up. You felt, you felt that you saw the wind go out of them. Their heads dropped a little bit, and uh, while the fans were still, like I said before, absolutely fantastic for the entire game, and the players just weren't able to match it. And they were massive. They were horribly hit by injuries. Like really bad. Yeah. A good number of first team players that they just did not have, even in the first leg. Never mind the second <clears> leg. So. Uh, plus, it was a situation where Bruges had to come out and attack us as well. So they were always going to leave yeah. more gaps at the back. Um, it's going to be tougher um, this weekend. He, you know, he's going to have to work harder. I'd like to see, in Rooney's defence, the other players do a little bit more to support him and give him a little bit more. And then maybe he won't have to come back to the halfway line or the right wing to go and get the ball. <laughs> you just want to say the same thing as... For me, it's not so much that he's over the hill. It's that in the early years, if he was getting nothing, like say take that volley against Newcastle, he's arguing with the ref. Suddenly he sees a ball dropping, bang, through for the net. What he doesn't seem to have is the engine to be able to make stuff happen on his own anymore. He needs those around him to actually provide him with the chances that he can then hit the back of the net with. Games prior to this, he's not really had, well, what, two chances. One that he made a mess of against Spurs and one that were harshly offside against Newcastle. Yeah, the chances were easily created against Bruce, but once he got into that rhythm of actually thinking, Do you know what, I don't need to snatch at this because I might get more than just this one chance in this game, he relaxed into it and he looked a decent player and I think if we carry on playing in a way that we're going to make two, three, four, five chances a game he'll play better for it I think it's worth Rooney as captain just maybe saying to the manager just saying I felt more comfortable with say Ander Herrera playing just off me forcing the pace and making the passes and trying to make things happen a little bit more for me as a striker you want me to play as a striker you want me to score goals you need to make sure you've got the guys behind me making this happen because I'm not going to get you any goals otherwise if I'm not having any chances created for me. You'd hope he's saying that. Dan, expect Rune to score at the weekend? Um, nope. I don't expect him to, but, but um, <laughs> I, I, w- I wouldn't be that surprised if he did. Okay, and on that note, um, I'll go back to you, Dan, with the next question. Tom Walton has asked for Swansea, Herrera, Mata, or Yanazai for number ten role. Um, uh, um, I probably have Mata. I think. Um, I can't, can't see him taking Mata enough to right. I agree with you. I, I would have Mata starting as centre attack midfielder if it was up to me, but I can't. Yeah. I can't see him taking him enough to right. I don't know. I. I, I, I <laughs> I don't. I don't know who he'd bring in though. That's the thing. I'm thinking I'd like to see Matter in that role, but I just don't see. I mean, does he put Valencia on the right? Because Valencia and Rooney have always had a decent. Um... Pedro would be a good option. Yeah, he would. Yeah. yeah. So so would Neymar, but you know. Um... Mane, that's sort of one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one's gone quite. Um, another question that that's only kind of a short one. We probably should have went to that with the Bruges review, but Martin's Ladibo. Asked, would you rather always win the league, FA Cup, and Capital One Cup, 
or finish third win the Champions League. Martins, I don't think we're going to do either of those, but Jonathan, take it away. What would you prefer? Um, the domestic been, treble. I've always been more about the domestic than Europe. Mm. So I'd, I'd take that, the league, FA. I mean, yeah, in a heartbeat. Because the FA Cup, to me at least, it's still a special one, that. So if you're telling me that we can win that among others, I'll take that in a heartbeat. Wouldn't be a bad trio, would it? No, I mean, if you can throw in six points off Liverpool on top of that, then, yeah, I'll sign that in whatever fluid you want. Well, what are your thoughts, Mike, on that one? Would you take the, the trio of domestic cups um, or third place in the league and win the Champions League? I'm sorry to sound like a fence sitter, but I'll take it over of him. <laughs> <laughs> can we honestly... Can we can't we honestly be too fussy. No, exactly. And the, both would, for me, um, considering the team we've got, constitute an incredible season, either or. Um, one thing I wonder, would winning the Champions League help us attract the top players a little bit more? I just wonder. That might just help a little bit more just to attract the, the very, very top players winning it, the Champions League. You can see it helping if you look at you know Chelsea winning the Champions League being the thing that prompted Hazard to say, yeah, that's the one for me. So there's... There's decent mileage to that theory. Jonathan, a question for you from Dave Cleaver. Um, I just saw you saying Bolt won the 200 metres. Can you ask the panel if they think he will be so, so successful if you ran with an egg and spoon? I think he'd absolutely raise it. You think he'd keep the egg and the spoon and, and beat them all? Yeah. I, mean, I think he'd balance like the egg and spoon on his head and still win. Yeah. Did you ever hear the story when he's at the first Olympics and he he wasn't too knowledgeable about like say eating the right foods while training, and his um his diet was McDon McDonald's chicken nuggets. Yeah, which is like it's, it's surreal when you look at football, even footballers like Cristiano Ronaldo, people yeah. really look after themselves. Yeah, and eat the right foods and 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 so on, train to the best of their ability, and this guy is here beating yeah. people for fun eating chicken nuggets. No, I remember him being on Top Gear and Clarkson picked up on it and he said, they read out like the extract of the day that he won that first Olympic medal and it was like, you slept late, you got up, you had chicken nuggets, you went back to bed, you got up, you won a gold. And he celebrated about 20 metres before, he even, before the yeah. finish line. He was celebrated and broke the world record. Yeah. I, I, still to this day, I've never oh, seen anything like that. Speaking of... The, the, um... They showed his laces untied as well, didn't they? It's like, seriously, lad, you've just broke the record and you've not even bothered fastening your trainers <laughs> up. There's a video going around, it's going to go viral, I think, of um, he won a race at 200 metres and one of the cameramen after the race was kind of following, following you say inside the track with this kind of, um, standing on one of those, you know, it's kind of... Oh, segue things. things. Yeah. And as he did it, the wheel kind of hit off the sideboard, so he falls over, knocks down you say, and he falls flat in his arse. Just imagine the how awkward that is. Sorry, you saying I just crashed into you after you win the two hundred meter sprint. Do you think the rest of the, those guys who were in that race, especially Justin Gatlin, he must have thought, God, I've won. I, I, he hadn't lost in about thirty races. Yeah. Justin Gatlin, he ran the fastest times in both one and two hundred this year, and he still couldn't yeah. beat him. It was like you saying the Dudley run; he'd been injured all year. It turns up beating twice. They must. The rest yeah. of us think, oh, but they're sending us to the Olympics that year. The rest of them are probably just going, oh, I just can't be bothered. Yeah, <laughs> I'm running for silver. I can't even yeah. run for gold. Remember anymore. the summer when he was linked to the Manchester United? Yeah, 
What a fucking ridiculous headline. There was stuff saying he went to Carrington to meet Ferguson and it's yeah. because he's United fans to get a trip around and all the, the newspapers are jumping I on bet the team. A, I bet he did them better than uh, Hernandez did last night. Oh. We actually went through a Brewage preview without mentioning Hernandez. Um, but no, uh, we, we won't go into it because we've been rather positive on the show rather than the yeah. past few weeks and we've... Um, we haven't always been 100% positive, but it's nice to talk about United in, in, in a positive way. Yeah. yeah, I think we yeah, should just refer right. everyone to that vine of Van Hal and Giggs looking at each other. Oh, um, it looks good. I've, 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 I've never that seen everything. Yeah, so many words exchanged without one being uttered because everything about that eye contact was just like, he's walking home. Yeah. No bus, no plane. It's like years ago... We had um, immersions to have a shower, and he turned the immersion on to heat the water. Um, and if you left the immersion on for a long time, you're a waste of water. And it's like when your parents say, "Did you leave the immersion on?" And you immediately say, "Yeah, I did by accident." And the looks, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was just amazing. Um, but yeah, that, that's it for the, this week's podcast. Actually, before we end, Mike, film of the week. Oh, film of the week, um, straight out of Compton. It's really good, apparently. I've not seen it yet. I'm going to go and see it tomorrow. But apparently it's very, very good. If you want a good um, take on um, how black Americans are treated by police, um, I would say watch that film. It's really good. The one thing that's off-putting is all these kind of pictures coming out. Like I seen one last oh, yeah. week after Rooney didn't score against um, Newcastle after the nil draw straight out of my fantasy football team. Oh, you know, oh. it, it's it's like one of it's these kind of things that catch on social media. It's like fucking it, it, grow up. It kills a good idea. The only ones that I liked were the um, Parks and Recreation one that they did. They just because of how good a comedy that was, they worked amazingly. But like you say, when you then get straight into straight out of ideas, no. no Actually, can no. I just put? Can I just throw in a film I had did see this week actually, The Man from Uncle. That's really good, surprisingly good actually. If if you want a good you want to just go and enjoy yourself at the cinema and switch off and just have fun, that's a very good film actually. Surprisingly good. I'd go and see that. Yeah. I'll have great fun this weekend if Rooney scores again. I'll have no socks yeah. left. Dan, <laughs> no, um, where can we find you? Uh on Twitter, Dan Stables eighty nine and uh I'm live blogging. Uh, I think I'm live blogging next weekend actually on Republic of Mankinia Good stuff, you can catch Dan live blogging there and Jonathan where can we find you? Uh, yep, again on Twitter JohnnyBrook1512 and tapping away at stuff for yourselves Red Mancunian and Retro United In case people do want to find you Mike <laughs> I'd rather they didn't but, um, <laughs> Mike underscore loudmouth uh, obviously uh, right for you guys uh, I write my own blog the normal loudmouth I uh, write for Speaker magazine uh, which is a political newspaper up in, a, in the northwest and um, obviously the film review blog that I do for to Houston as well good stuff thanks for listening and we'll see you again for a review of this once again come on you Reds <laughs>
Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.